I don't buy every conspiracy theory out there. In fact, you might say I'm a curious skeptic. But there is just enough evidence to consider the possibility that the powers that be are manipulating us like so many pawns on a chessboard. That's why we hear the theories out on Jim Harold's Conspiracy Corner. Welcome to the Conspiracy Corner. I am Jim Harold. So glad to be with you. Now, I, I didn't know quite where to put this book, but I uh, definitely wanted to do a show on it. So I thought Conspiracy Corner was as good as any if we're talking about kind of the the backdoor scenes, the behind the scenes of uh, uh, the mighty and the powerful. The book is O Jackie. It's O exclamation point Jackie. The author is Mercedes King, and she joins us today. And it's interesting because it is a treatment of Jackie Onassis's life or Jackie Kennedy's life at the time while in the White House with JFK, how she dealt with his uh, pretty well-established philandering. But the interesting part of this book is that it is a fictional book based on real life, real characters, but uh, the events are fictionalized. And uh, I can't wait to talk to our author today, Mercedes King, about it. I'm looking here on the Kindle, and it has five stars. Uh, so it seems like it's doing very well, and it certainly caught my eye, particularly the cover. Mercedes King, welcome to the Conspiracy Corner. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. I appreciate this. So let me ask you, what in your mind made Jackie Kennedy, and we'll call her Jackie Kennedy because at this time she was Jackie Kennedy, such a, right. a natural subject uh, for a, a, a book and particularly something you fully acknowledge is a fictional book. Yeah, I think what's so attractive about Jackie Kennedy is just the fact that she's classic and she's timeless, that no matter where we seem to go in history, that love and that interest in the Kennedys just never wanes and never fades. So for me, being a writer, I'm always kind of looking for that idea, that that great, wonderful, well, what if this happened? And then playing around with the Kennedys and their history and so forth, I came upon this idea just randomly one day of, wow, what if there was this sort of darker side to Jackie Kennedy. And I think that we've sort of long wondered, how did she kind of maintain this poise and dignity that she's so famous for? And yet we now know of all of the um, bad boy behavior of JFK. So how, how was she sort of behind the scenes and behind closed doors? And really, what would those kind of behaviors do to a marriage and, and to a wife, ultimately? You would think that it could not be as picture perfect behind the scenes as she kind of led everyone to believe. And so, and just, like I said, playing with that idea and, and taking it further, <laughs> what would be the greatest revenge for a scorned wife? Well, to get rid of a mistress, for sure. And not only a mistress, but one of his most famous mistresses of all time, who also happened to be the most beautiful woman in the world. And as we know, conspiracy theories certainly surround the death of Marilyn Monroe. And I thought, well, you know, people have suspected the Kennedys for a long time. What if they've just suspected the wrong Kennedy? And But like you say, this is a fictional account. This is not true. But still, the book hopefully reads to where readers go, wow, I really love how this could be, might be true. Now, let me ask you about that. Has there been any reaction from those close to Jackie Kennedy, her family, friends, anything like that? Has there been any reaction? Because that would be a concern of mine that they may not uh, receive this very well. Now, actually, in the publishing world, uh, I've shopped this book around for many years, actually. 
uh, I did get that sense that people were like, well, you know, we like the writing. We do kind of like the story. That's an interesting idea. But boy, man, to kind of say those things about Jackie Kennedy, I mean, such a beloved icon. And yeah, there was a little bit of a backlash in that sense from people who have had an association with her or known her. I actually approached an agent several years ago about taking on the book to sell it, and he had met her. So he he had told me, no, you better just put that book in a drawer and chalk it up as an experience. But he really felt that it wasn't something that would be sellable just because uh, you are kind of shedding a, a bad light on Jackie Kennedy, and people didn't really want to see that. And I certainly understand that. And this book isn't intended to disrespect her in any way or to mar wonderful memories that we have of her. But as I said before, it's just a chance to play out, boy, I think we would kind of enjoy if we sort of thought that, yeah, Jackie did kind of stand up for herself a little bit where JFK and his naughtiness was concerned. And overall, people have really responded well and that they do enjoy the writing and the story in general. And they haven't come back at me personally, no one yet, not that it, it couldn't happen, but they haven't said, gosh, what a dreadful, terrible thing to do to Jackie, because hopefully they all feel that it's also tastefully done and respectfully done. So you don't have any issue that you feel in any way it's miscasting her or anything like that? Well, one of the beautiful things about it, too, is that I really wanted to stay true to Jackie, the icon and the character and the woman that we know and love through our history books, but also to go deeper into those layers as to exactly, gosh, how does a wife deal with a husband who's consistently unfaithful? And as I said, there, there has to be more to it than putting on that beautiful smile for the cameras. I mean, behind the scenes, she really does have to be tortured in a sense. And we are talking Jackie Kennedy. She wasn't just a, a frumpy housewife. She was elegant, poised, beautiful, well-read, had a great love for history, wonderful wife and mother, and yet here's her husband who is faithful at being unfaithful. So it's a very interesting dilemma, I thought, and I kind of wanted to give her a little something to show that, yeah, she didn't just take it all the time. Now, let's leave this question in the realm of the real. As best you can tell, and I'm sure you did a lot of background research, and I think we've all, in general, even if we don't know the specifics, have a pretty good sense that President Kennedy was um, a philanderer. Uh, (laughs) Even if you think he was a great leader and a great man uh, in terms of his public life and his leadership and what he would have meant to the country uh, had he lived, and I think many of us believe had he lived, we'd be in a far better place. I mean, again, maybe that's the, you know, the, the kind of sainthood that's bestowed upon people when they're cut down at a, a early age, uh, tragically. But I mean, right. I think most people and myself included think the country would be a lot better off had he lived. Uh, but that being said, in terms of his personal promiscuous activity, Oh, what in your research, what did you find? How, <laughs> how promiscuous was he? Well, I don't think really that at this stage, most of us would be too surprised. I mean, he had his share of White House interns. He had affairs with mob boss mistresses, um, of course, Marilyn. And I'm sure there are untold others who have just come and gone into his life and at his convenience. And I completely agree with you, Jim. I do think 
that as a leader, he really hadn't reached his zenith yet, and there was a lot more that our country could have benefited from having him continue on into another term of office and so forth, especially probably in the Civil Rights Department. And as you say, yes, I believe he was martyred in a sense for being assassinated and taken down the way he was. But his great weakness, obviously, was women and that he always gave in to his lust and desires. And if you actually have a chance to ever read some of the interviews that have been conducted with some women, but I think there was a, a book that came out a few years ago from a lady who was 19 at the time. She worked at the White House, and, and she spoke about how, wow, this was the president. I, I can exactly say no and refuse his advances. So there again, there's that charisma and that Kennedy mystique that certainly was on his side and worked for him when it came to the ladies, and it's, it's quite unfortunate. But I suppose all great men that have that leadership and those situations thrust upon them, yes, below the surface, there does have to be that character flaw. And for JFK, unfortunately, that probably was his, his greatest flaw. Yeah, I mean, I've heard um, uh, it speculated, and again, I don't know this personally, but uh, that he said he would get a migraine headache if he didn't have relations with a different woman Every day or something along those lines. And I yeah, just I think found the that, research that I read was every three days. You're correct. Yeah. But, well, either way, that's that's pretty active. And um, but the thing about that is the, the fact that he was just, you know, it's pretty personally reprehensible if he was cheating on his wife like that. I mean, once is bad enough. But if you're talking multiple partners every week, it's just um, far beyond the pale, certainly. Yeah, regardless, regardless, every week and every opportunity that you know yeah. he could seize, he he seemed to have taken advantage of. What's also interesting too, by the way, is the fact that all he suffered from all of these ailments, such as Addison's disease and this horrible chronic back pain from an injury in the Navy and so forth, and actually from childhood he he'd suffered from illness after illness, and so he wasn't really a healthy, healthy guy. And sometimes she would think, well, sexual desires, we're going to kind of softened and dampened there a little bit, but apparently not for JFK. That had nothing to do with other situations he was dealing with. And yeah, he, he was quite active. At one point, he actually had to have a cherry picker machine help him onto Air Force One. I mean, that's how bad his conditions would be sometimes. I mean, irritable bowel syndrome and a whole laundry list of medical complaints that he had, but yet he was extremely sexually active. So those sort of don't go together along with a lot of the great images we have of him, especially with the children in the Oval Office and playing. And I have no doubt that he was a great and wonderful father for his time. But yes, again, that that unfortunate flaw of not being faithful to his wife, yeah, that, that is a hard pill for us to swallow for such a beloved leader. And you want your heroes to be so close to being perfect. And in many regards, he probably was, but yet that one, one mar on his character certainly stands out. And as you say, it, it is a bit repulsive. Yeah, and the, the, the other thing I'd say is that maybe that's why he needed the back brace, but we'll not get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, you might so, have a point. <laughs> so anyway, um, Jackie Kennedy, um, in terms of what you found about her in real life, talk to us about who she was, the kind of person she was, in terms of your, your, your true life investigation. Well, it's interesting because I think that through my research, what I found was she was very much 
true to life and, and true to that iconic image that we treasure. She really was elegant and poised, and yet, of course, she could go fox hunting, and she was a great horsewoman, wonderful mother. I mean, all of those things have been extremely consistent, and I think she certainly deserves the love and adoration that's still sustained for her to this day. And, you know, she's one of those first ladies that we'll never forget. Now, she may not have come across as a very personable and warm and sort of public-loving type of figure, but still, we see that wonderful, gracious mother. She was wonderful, of course, at the White House party. She didn't really have a, a great desire to be famous or even to be first lady, as a matter of fact, but yet she still you know, did her duties and certainly made the country proud, especially in terms of the assassination and the, those four days of intense mourning for our nation. She really held it together and was, showed a strength that really... I mean, who else could have done that? I don't know. It's hard to say. And yet at the same time, she was rather delicate and fragile. As we know, she had quite a journey to becoming a mother. She had a miscarriage. And then there was the stillbirth of Arabella, which was extremely tragic. And JFK wasn't even with her at the time that that had happened. And Bobby Kennedy, you may or may not know, was the one responsible for taking care of funeral arrangements for the baby. And then, of course, she did have... Caroline and John, and they were kind of traumatic births for her cesarean. She almost bled to death. It was a very difficult, bad situation for her. And then, unfortunately, there was also young Patrick Kennedy, who died as an infant. So those things just kind of elevate our respect for her and our feelings for her, because we see that, yes, even though she was so beautiful and she appeared to have everything, she certainly had her list of tragedies. So let's talk about the departure from the real to the fictional. Now, um, uh, part of me when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that because that's such a beloved figure and, you know, it's so close to relatively modern times. But then again, I think about authors like, um, I believe it's Harry Turtledove, or you think about a movie that just came out, Abraham Lincoln, Zombie Hunter. You know, uh, right. so so it, there is a there is a tradition of taking real life figures and putting them in fictional situations. So set the stage for us. Uh, what is the situation that Jackie is in in your book? And talk about a little bit where the story goes. Well, I guess one thing to to be fair, we don't really just jump into Jackie Kennedy suddenly being this horrible, mean, evil murderer of a person. No, it's not like that. But we do follow Jackie through many of her trials that I just discussed in the book. And we do lead up to this sort of building in her, if you will, this sort of transformation of going from being, gosh, I was so perfect. I did everything right. I'm doing things that in some ways I don't want to do as far as duties of first ladies and so forth. And yet my husband, why can't he demonstrate some self-control, show some respect for our marriage. So these things gradually build and build for her. And one incident in particular that comes to mind is JFK's birthday party that was publicized and on television where we have Marilyn singing, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Yes. And of course, if you notice in that footage, <laughs> Jackie is nowhere to be seen. And she wasn't there and she didn't attend because she knew Marilyn was going to be there. I don't know if she knew about the happy birthday song and 
so on and so forth, but just being uncomfortable already, she wasn't going to, of course, appear in public and, well, I don't know, perhaps support the fact that she knew her husband had been unfaithful with this woman. Actually, just a few weeks prior, that's where we have the famous Palm Springs weekend at Bing Crosby's house. Now, I believe Jackie was actually out of the country at that time doing her tour of Pakistan and India with her sister. So terribly convenient for JFK to, of course, play that bad boy role while the wife's away and, and so forth. But with all those things building and building for her, she did reach her breaking point. And as Marilyn's behavior, we know, towards the end of her life, becomes a little more erratic and unstable. And she's sort of, you know, this woman kind of can't be controlled anymore. And I'm sure the Kennedys were concerned and thought, gosh, how do we take care of this so-called threat here? They really can't have the most beautiful and most famous woman of that time kind of going off about her affair with JFK. They needed to silence her in some regard. So Jackie gets involved in that. And she doesn't really thoroughly plan things out. She does come up with a plan of, I've got to do something, and prepares, and she ends up with Bobby at Marilyn's house on that fateful day. And ultimately, in the book, Jackie is responsible for Marilyn's death because she reaches that point where she feels that there is no other way to get rid of this woman and these allegations that she's going to bring about an heir to the world than to take her out. And in the book, she does. And one thing that really works for me is that in real life, as you probably know, Bobby Kennedy received a speeding ticket the day that Marilyn was found dead in Marilyn's neighborhood. So that really does put him very close to the scene of the crime. And of course, that's also helped to propel that Kennedy involvement speculation with her death. But I thought, well, how about we put Jackie in the car with him? Mm-hmm. Now, being the uh, top legal head of our country at the time as attorney general, I believe only Bobby Kennedy probably could have had enough power and authority to downplay, cover up, if you will, the fact that Jackie Kennedy sitting beside him when he's getting the stick. And so those are the kind of things where we have real life blended and mixed with the fictional account. And yet, and of course, Bobby and Jackie are a little tortured about oh, we've done the right thing. What have we done? And, you know, mixed with the real life happenings. And it's a little tricky to to write a book like this because your audience pretty much already knows how it's going to end, and you can't change that. But the circumstances leading up to it, you can play with. And there were so many incredible real-life moments, and I thought, oh, from every stage of writing this, can I make this work? Will this work? Is this believable? And in the end, a lot of them really do work together to make this a full, well-rounded, but tragic story, if you will. Now, let's be very clear. Um, the scenario that you described with um, Jackie being involved with uh, a, proposed, a possible Marilyn Monroe murder plot is fictional. <laughs> is absolutely fictional. fictional. Yes. We want to be very, very um, upfront about that. Now, if you um, want real, real specifics, she was actually water skiing that day with her family. And there's photographic evidence of that. So, yes, Jackie Kennedy in no way, in no shape or form, was actually involved in the demise or death of Marilyn Monroe, no matter what kind of conspiracies are out there. But yet, it was still a lot of fun and interesting to make it work in a fictional account. 
I guess my question is this. Um, do you think, what psychologically would have set somebody off in this situation to do that? Or, or, or uh, I mean, how difficult do you think it was for her in real life? I mean, it just had to be tremendously hard because um, she had to know. She had to know that... Um, and in some instances, she did know. There, there was a case where she's giving someone a tour of some rooms at the White House, probably during her, the restoration period, and she introduced the person she was with to this young girl, this young aide, and then when she closed the door, she said... And that's who my husband is sleeping with right now. So what a, oh a painful thing to say. What an acknowledgement. Yeah, it, it, it certainly is. So um, if folks want to learn more about you, learn more about the book and where they can pick up on it, can you tell them where they could go and check it out? Yeah, I'm pretty much all over the web right now. You could very quickly and easily find me. Maybe get a, a little bit of an overdose. <laughs> you won't have to look hopefully too hard. There is the ojackiebook.com website. There's an Ojackie fan page on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Mercedes King. Stop by, say hello. Uh, there's a Twitter account, Book. So go out there and, and stir up conversation. The book is currently available at Amazon.com in both paperback and in Kindle editions. And actually working this week to kind of broaden that scope and include the Nook and other ebook formats. Now, let me ask you this. I, it's something that I forgot to ask, but in real life, um, was there ever interaction between uh, Jackie and Marilyn? And what was atti- what was Marilyn's attitude towards Jackie? Or did you do you know? Now, as far as real life, the only true interaction that I found was that one time Marilyn called the White House, and somehow she got a hold of Jackie. And I believe that Marilyn was drunk or perhaps heavily drugged at the time. And she was actually telling Jackie that she was going to marry JFK, that Jackie and JFK were going to be divorced, and that Marilyn was essentially going to be living in the White House. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of audience Jackie had at the time, but of course she played ever the, the cool lady and just downplayed it and said, yes, Marilyn, you are going to live here and all of these problems will be yours. And then probably in true Jackie Kennedy fashion, just hung up the phone and let it go. But yet, how disturbing that must have been for Jackie to have had such a conversation. But And that is also included in the book, that scene, and a couple of more where they do have a few interactions that uh, hopefully are a little bit surprising. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. I certainly appreciate it. It sounds like a fascinating book. And again, the book is O! Exclamation point, Jackie. We thank you so much, Mercedes King, for joining us thank today you, on The Conspiracy Corner. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in to The Conspiracy Corner. We hope that you enjoyed the program. And, uh, you know, look around that next corner. There may just be conspiracy. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>